Hello. Uh, thank you for coming to the Star Wars track. Um, this this panel. I'm my name is Paula Rosenberg. I'm the uh, assistant director of the track. Uh, this panel is kind of a bit of an experiment, um, and it's all their fault. Um, <laughs> and I will have them introduce you, uh, themselves in just a second. Uh, last year, uh, as tends to happen because they know each other so well, uh, they started spinning stories and telling tales. And uh, we got a crazy amount of comments on the app saying, um, we want them to tell us stories. Um, so the caveats to this... This is in no way anything official, okay, guys? This is a, and I will say this several times for people who come in late. Um, this is a strange experiment. Uh, they have already technically, as Kevin pointed out, they have technically already written what happens after. Um, yeah. We did after that already. Return Read our books. That's the. Yeah. That's our episode seven. Yeah, their episode seven has already been written, but we know that that Star Wars has cleaned the slate and we are waiting a new movie with um, all excitement as due. Um, everyone's in various levels of knowledge about uh, the trailers, but nobody has anything beyond what we've all seen. Um, some haven't even seen those. So um, I'm not entirely sure how weird this will go, but and I'm sorry to put them on the spot, but it is all their fault, no, as I sorry. said. No, no, no I'm not. Sorry. No, she is okay. not sorry. Yeah. So we'll... we'll, we'll We'll have a little fun, and um, hopefully everybody gets some good laughs, and they won't hate me after this is done. So let's go and have everybody introduce themselves. Start with I'm Rebecca Mesta. Um, Kevin and I together wrote 14 uh, Young Jedi Knights novels and two Star Wars pop-up books. Um, and I wrote a few of the Junior Jedi Knights and... Uh, Let's see. I guess we're going to clear our literary palette with a little bit of sorbet and get started soon. Uh, Timothy's on. I've only written ten Star Wars novels, so I've, I'm, I'm hoping I get to you know catch up to these guys at some point. But I should mention not only is none of this official which gives the implication we know what's going on and therefore I just can't tell you. This is all completely out of our ear because we have no idea of anything that's going on except what's in the trailers and again, some of us are avoiding even those. And I can attest that Tim really has no idea what's going on. <laughs> I have uh, people for that. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm Kevin J. Anderson and my... I counted, and it's a total of 54 Star Wars projects that I ended up doing, if you count the comics and the anthologies and the novels and the young adults and the pop-up books and the articles for the Star Wars insiders and all that stuff. And so I, I'm pretty well versed in it before it all got changed. Uh, I'm uh, Michael Stackpole, and I was uh, Aaron Alston's lead-in act on the X-Wing books. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... Let's give this a shot. Um, we will see where this takes us. Um, so I will set the scene, and we'll see who wants to jump in. Um, so we are 30 years after Return of the Jedi. Wait, wait. This, is this supposed to be sort of like a whose line? Is it an improv thing, or we're yeah, each going to answer? Yeah, whichever way you want to go. Okay. We can, we'll, we'll, okay. Like I said, this is completely experimental, and I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> how, how about, shouldn't we be wearing lab coats? Lab coats, okay. Yes. Okay, Tim has a suggestion. 
Okay. We were just wondering, instead of trying to, I, I, I assume what you're saying is we feed off what the other person has done. Yeah. How about we each give scene one okay. from the, the new movie? Excellent idea. No? Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, who has an idea? <laughs> All right, who has an idea for scene one of the, the movie? The Ewoks have way. taken over a Star Destroyer. Ah. <laughs> okay. There is your Go, movie. Mr. X-Wing. <laughs> Who's Star Destroyer? <laughs> if it's Booster Star Destroyer, I believe it. <laughs> of course, he walks through short, dried, all the really right. cool rides on the Dust yeah. Destroyer. Yeah. yeah. Dust Star, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, all right. I, I have thought about this, how I would start the movie if I were doing it. Fade in. No, never mind. Uh, we're not going to go with all that. You basically have a group of X-Wings who are heading towards a planet, some unknown ships, Hasbro would love this, new ships, are coming at them. Behind the X-Wings, a Star Destroyer comes out of hyperspace. Command deck, uh, command walkway, the the, uh, captain says, targets acquired, fire at will. And they fire past the X-Wings into the other ships, destroying them. The X-Wing squadron leader calls back, thanks for the assist. Uh, We could have handled them, but we can always use a little extra firepower. The captain says, you're welcome. Do you have the vaccine? uh, The uh, X-Wing pilot says, we do. Do you have the doctors to administer it? Yes, we do. Okay, let's get down to that planet and get this plague taken care of. Starting off with the Empire and the the, uh, New, New Republic are at peace, basically where I left things. Now we can bring in a new threat, Again, the Hasbro guy will be on my side on this one. New, <laughs> new ships, new aliens, something different than what we've already done. Mm, okay. Right. But the virus is not just a you-get-sick-and-die kind of virus. The virus is an interesting kind of virus that it makes physical changes. It, it makes people turn shape changers or give – oh, the virus – is a mutated form of midichlorians that gives people I'm not I'm not joking that's part of the canon so we're stuck with it okay um, what if it is a plague that gives everyone sort of Jedi powers so then that it's starts contagious? going it's could Jedi powers are contagious so then if you have basically a planet full of everybody has force wielding powers do you really want those people loose on the on the galaxy or not? That's what the vaccine is for? To stop. To stop it? It's whose line? That's my so, riff. So, Go so, with it. So, so, there's a, so there's a tyranny of Jedi who want to protect their power by robbing other people of the their elite. ability to interface with yeah. their force, with the force? Mm. Wow. I don't like that. Um, like the New Republic and the, the, the leftovers of the Empire don't want this planet. Say, it, say it's a planet of religious fanatics. They don't want them to all have it. Which is why Luke is a hermit because he has seen what these this uh, triumvirate or what, whatever of new Jedi trying to close their iron so, grasp. So, so we've so, so we've established a essentially a theocracy of Jedi um, that probably have their own worlds. Uh, they've divorced themselves from the secularist uh, uh, empire and the New Republic. So now we have three political forces: the New Republic. Uh, the Jedi and the remnants of the Empire uh, who are uh, battling over planets that are infected with power 
So how are the Jedi going to react to um, the attempt to to stop the spread of the Jedi power? Yeah. Yeah. And if we want to throw in a child or two of uh, Han and Leia, force ability, and they're hiding it. Or they're hiding them, because I mean, if if we have, if Luke has become a hermit, because there is a the Council of Jedi has become fanatically and weirdly political, um, because they all believe that the Force should be shared by everyone. They want to democratize the Force, which in essence would be Force anarchy. Then, um, so we've got a bunch of half-assed Jedi running around. Well, this is one where planet, is, but there's... Where is Luke's hermitage? Is it on the infected planet? It's on Tatooine. It has to be on Tatooine. <laughs> Everything's on friggin' Tatooine. Sorry. No, but the planet that's infected with the force-enhancing powers has got to be Naboo because all the Gungans that get super powerful. <laughs> then oh, all, we need, all we need... Then, I was going to do the but, Jar but Jar then, journey, remember? But, but then... The Ewoks but, and, and Gungans, seriously? No, Ewoks. but but then... The Ewok-Gungan war. I want to see that. No, no. <laughs> Now suddenly doing a family guy yes, yes, okay. And then entering the system of Naboo becomes the third Death Star that the Emperor had built that no one knew about and was kind of lost and meandering until it comes to Naboo to destroy the Jar Jar. It was dehydrated and then they added the water. Oh, yeah. Oh, good Lord. Um, yeah. Take two. <laughs> well, I, what, what is kind of interesting is this is how right we've all collaborated on stuff. Have you collaborated with, like, directly collaborated? But you and Mike, like, bounce ideas yeah, a bunch. and collaborating with and, other authors. Well. And this is this is kind of what we do. And sometimes it goes far off and you go, well, let's forget that and let's try something different. But, but the idea, this is the, what we do. It's playing instance, jazz. One of, the, one of the workable ideas here is the idea of a uh, essentially theological or philosophical split among the Jedi. Um, it's you, where you, you, you we're not worrying about the Sith. We're worrying about a full split within the Jedi, should the power be limited to those people who can be trained and are powerful enough to be trained, or should everybody be allowed to have access to the Force? And, and Wild bear, Force wielder. And, and bear in mind, remember, we're only talking 50 years after Order 66. You could very easily have a group of Jedi with the slogan, never again, as the Jews have. Mm-hmm. And it would make perfect sense. Again, you want to try to make this all feel like this is how normal people would react or how extraordinary people would react, but the, the reactions seem reasonable. And having a group of Jedi who are dead set on never being shot in the back again, no matter what it takes, even if it takes suppressing whatever, we will do it. Right. Yeah. So let me clarify. Like so who's who's suppressing? Is, are, are there, is there a group of Jedi that's trying to make it democratize so that everybody can use it or is it the group of well, Jedi well, saying no you shouldn't well, re- have really what we're looking at I think now is is three sets of Jedi there are the there's the Jedi council that is kind of the people following in Luke's um, steps who are trying to make uh, the Jedi uh, a force for good in the universe there are the Jedi who never want to be shot in the back again so they're going to be very conservative very repressive and they're going to be the ones that go after the, the heretics and then you're going to have some heretical Jedi who feel that they want to use this virus to bring uh, the Force powers to to everyone because if everyone has access to the Force, um, this is going to help 
unify the the universe and bring about you know some great nirvana or some great transformation into the next step of of, uh, of life. Or they're like syndrome in the Incredibles. You know, right. Or, or is yeah. special. Nobody is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That yeah. Was, although the if they are fanatical or they're heretics, they're going to want to give all the powers equally to the people who agree with them. So they will probably find a place. Unless they, be, unless they wait, become, are we talking about the wild force wielders? Okay, we're or, basically talking about. Are we about, only talking about groups of Jedi so far? We're only talking about we're only talking about groups of Jedi right now. The, the okay. three philosophical branches of the Jedi now are the are the Lucas, who are the ones that follow in Luke's in Luke's things, <laughs> right? We gotta make there are the money. there are the Duranians who are the ones who uh, following Kip uh, want to stop people from being shot in the back. Okay. And then there are the heretics who want everybody to wield uh, the force powers. But then the people who have the wild force powers, those are going to feel like they're the persecuted ones. Well, some of them will. Some of them will try and join the Lucas. Some of them them will will join the Duranians because they want to make sure that they're safe. So they're willing to give their allegiance to the very conservative forces. And, and to prey on their own they're people. They're collaborators. Oh, yeah. they're collaborators. Yeah. But but think about the Poles during World War II who actually attacked the Jewish ghetto in Warsaw yeah. uh, so that so to try and curry favor with the Nazis. I mean, you know, there would definitely be that group of people that would that would react that way. And you're going to have different shades because some of these will be coming, growing up in the Empire, others in the Rep- New Republic. Right. So the, the politics will also be trying to bend them to whatever the political view where they're, they're home. And so it's going to be the three main ones, but we're going to have recruitment efforts for everybody else, including the wild force. And, and, the other and what about the force-wielding Ewoks? <laughs> they, they drowned on Naboo, okay? Yeah, so that's right, yeah. It's always a bigger fish. The plus, Star Destroyer plus, just... Plus, just for, just for some of the fun characters, some of the wild force, um, some of the, the infected force-wielders, and or some of the, the Jedi from any of the groups would, in essence, you would have defectors. You would have the equivalent of, of Jedi Ronin. Uh, guys were just going around using the Force, uh, either hiring out or, or choosing their own moral path. And this would give us a whole bunch of interesting characters because they're in opposition to a lot of different people. We also have to consider what happens if you get infected with the virus and it still doesn't make you a very good Force wielder. Um, so that so that you know if we if we vary the amount of power that people get after they've been infected, you get stratifications there. Yeah. People who can and can't protect themselves some can be taught. To right. The, the, some some of the Lucas will go out and choose apprentices yes. from them. Yeah. Uh, you know, and 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 certainly the Duranians would go around and 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 probably sort them out for the powerful ones. They would indoctrinate into what they're doing. The others. You know, would end up being destroyed or sent into refugee camps, and, like and bad kernels of popcorn. Pretty much, now, yeah. Now you want to add a little more moral ambiguity. Of ten people with the virus, three become Jedi of the different strength. Four die. Sure. Ooh. Now, yeah. what do you do? Are do we you going want to be cured? Or no, no. We, no. Yeah, I mean, the, the question they're is infecting a whole planet, so they're going yeah. to be wiping out whatever. But the, the question is on these people who want to give powers to everybody. Okay, we can give powers to thirty percent of the people, nothing to, you know, thirty percent, and then we'll kill the other forty percent. Now we've got even more moral ambiguity. 
well, involved. And I'm I'm really fascinated by the I guess we'll call them the heretics, the ones that that don't have any Jedi powers, but they think everybody should have them. So they're the ones that have presumably developed this virus and are turning it loose on name that planet. Maybe the um, people who who survive the virus but get no powers become somewhat deranged, semi-messianic, and it, they believe their mission is to spread the force because someone of the infected will wield enough of the force to be able to heal them, maybe even raise from the dead the people who had been killed by the virus. Scary. So they're trying to spread this out so that we can have a Jedi Messiah. Are that we will going be, back to the zombie you mean thing? <laughs> well, Paul Atreides, no, no, yeah, no, well, yeah, no, yeah there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy, yeah. But now we've got a reason for the New Republic and the Empire to work together to try to either stop the virus or, at, the, at, at you know, last resort, uh, isolate the planet where this thing is. So your twi- the real twist, so that after your great opening scene, when you think you've got the vaccine, you have the doctors who administer it, the vaccine is to get rid of the Jedi powers that these people have acquired. So then you learn that later on, like, oh, you're not curing them from a plague. You're taking away their Jedi powers. But they are that saving they some They're people. They're saving lives. Right, so, right. again, everything is now a little bit grayer. And, yeah, and, and gray such. areas. Okay, so, but so what's going to blow up? But we've also. <laughs> but it's also important. We've specified now that the, the virus has, a, has a, a, a latency period or, or an incubation period where mm-hmm. a, a cure can be affected. Yeah. And it could be that the cure also can cause problems. So. People are. Do I want to so take? The cure causes problems too. Wait. Well, how, it, it how totally is the kind of, virus yeah. spread, though? Is it just communicable? It's got to be, it's it be aerosol. Spread. Yeah. It's got to be aerosol yeah. to get yeah. get that widest spread. All right. This pause is a good time to <laughs> remind <laughs> everybody that for those who just came in, this is nothing official. We are having them spin we, sales. But we are developing a. We're, book. we're, we're making a great we're, idea. We're Don't making stuff up. <laughs> And, and we're going to make our own universe and file the serial numbers off because we're selling millions of these books. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, change from force users to magic users or psi powers, and yeah, we don't we don't need to have Lucasfilm involved in this thing at all, or That's the right. lawyers. Yeah. So is this the process? So you this guys is not the story use? you heard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, is this the process you guys normally use? Do you just start as? Oh hell yeah! Do you just oh, yeah. keep throwing yeah. layers yeah. at yeah. it, or yeah. do yeah. you yeah. Now I have my bad guy. Now I have my yeah. This. Well, that so is. If you guys want to get up and walk with us? Yeah. 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 And well, then, that and then that is how my 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 saga of Seven Sons, which is my my best-selling series of anything that I've ever written, other than the the, the tie-in stuff, was developed as a giant. Star Wars arc, but then I realized this is too cool. I don't want to give it to Star Wars. Um, the this is the Star Wars version of it that you you have Cloud City floating on Bespin, the Tabana gas mines that are there, and then the storms happen in the in the clouds, and a gigantic mothership like the one from Close Encounters, the World of the Third Kind, comes up from the clouds and destroys Cloud City, and we find out there's an entire civilization of aliens that live inside gas giant planet that we have never known were there. And I just went, that's too cool. I'm not giving it to Lucasfilm. So I use that as sort of the opening scene of, of my series, which I've then I've just finished my 10th book in that series. So I'm glad I didn't give it to them. But that is the, pr- we come up with a, then it, like Tim's opening scene, you have that, well then 
then why do you do that? And then where does it go? And then who's going to be the character doing this? Well, then who's going to be the character against him or her? And then you got to set up the scene. Are they all good? Are they evil? And that's why I threw in the thing that it's going to kill some of your people. Okay, now I'm not just bringing force powers to everybody like a wonderful good guy. I'm killing a whole bunch of people. And it's not easy to choose which side you're on. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Okay, so who's getting a limb cut off? This is Star Wars, so somebody has to get a limb cut off. Well, we It'd be fun for it to be a leg, for some to have yeah. a peg leg in that universe. You know, yeah. everybody loses an arm. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, but but that's a night. So I'm thinking of a character where somebody, some a normal person, has lost a limb, some tragic wartime accident in the in the in the war in, in Return of the Jedi. Maybe it's a former stormtrooper, somebody who is who is really messed up. Maybe he's lost both both legs or an arm, something critical, and then gets this this vaccine, which gives him force power, so then he doesn't need to have an arm. He can, like, summon something. And it's like, wow, I can be a whole person again. I can, I'm actually thinking the person who would develop this this mania that, that, would, that would start everybody should have these powers has to be a very damaged person. Somebody who was hurt by a Jedi, or by not having powers, who feels powerless, or his whole planet is like the planet of the Jews, and they all feel powerless. So, yeah. I want to give them power, and that becomes a very interesting character. And how far will that person go? And then, obviously, the character has to go much too far, so that you have the whole, yeah, it was good, but then something went wrong, and it's even worse. But he's not really the bad guy. He doesn't think he's the bad guy, but other people think he's the. The, the parents of the kids who died of the 30 or 40 percent from the vaccine, they never wanted this to happen, but he, for their own good, he released it yeah. into the water supply or the air or something like that. Yeah, some of your worst villains are those who do it for your own good. Let's go write this. This is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's got a lot, it's got a lot of potential. Also, we have the, you know. But the why blood? does the lightsaber have the extra two little plate <laughs> To light cigarettes. Yeah, the light <laughs> Actually, I have a theory or two possibilities in that, which I really hope they come up with, because otherwise, if they just did it to I look knew cool. Tim would. Yeah. <laughs> the only way that it doesn't seem to work as a as a uh, a guard, because you've got the section that you just slide down the blade, you cut straight through that, and the, the person's lost an arm. By heavens. Um, <laughs> I think the two likely or the two best explanations for that is either this guy found the relic from a day when they weren't quite up to making good lightsabers yet and he got it to work, or he is not complete in his knowledge and training and this is what he cobbled together. It just doesn't seem like a really good weapon that a really good, competent weapon maker would put together. I'm hoping they go one of those directions. I think it's a light toothpick. <laughs> well, the double Darth Maul's double lightsaber is not a very practical oh, weapon either. Completely, but it, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, cool. Stephen Colbert. Hmm? Stephen, Stephen Colbert did the full analysis on yeah. what the two little vent oh. things were for. What, what did he? Because it looks cool. Or because That's mostly when you're the fighting, if there are a lot of people, you can kind of flip <laughs> Like that. Yeah, like that. Don't give her a lightsaber. Somebody will get hurt. <laughs> it's true. I, I 
just want a nice little light dagger. Nice. Does somebody oh, else want to come up with an opening scene? And we'll well, t- we'll, I, I've, you know, I've do done the these sorts of things yeah. before, and we like to do somebody from the audience starts a scene, and then we, we riff okay. on it. All right, so every, some, uh, and, if you and, want to, if you have an idea, come up towards the middle while they're while Kevin's telling you the rules. Yeah. By well, the way, anything we come up with is ours. Yes, yeah. you, can't, you can't write it. Even if you come up with it, it's ours. <laughs> if if any of you wanted to know what it's like to work on somebody else's Lucas universe, <laughs> anything you come up with is there. So anything you come up with is ours. You have now had the tie-in experience. <laughs> at, at, at Although one. I was going to quickly, but what this shows is people are doing the, oh, no, you stole my idea. And it's like, well, come on. You would do a 1,000 ideas an hour if you want, yeah, and then you riff it and you run on it. So. And people do come up with the same ideas. Yeah. Apparently, at one point, the, the uh, contract for Star Trek books included anything you have written in Star Trek, anything you have thought of. So they actually wanted to uh, take your ideas that you never told them and keep them for themselves. <laughs> We don't know how they enforce Try that to prove one. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Truth serum. They enforce it via Vulcan truth mind serum. Vulcan mind melt. All right. So uh, on that game then, I'd like to ask you some of my speculation for the movie and see how you'd respond to it. Uh, the, myth, the famous Skywalker lightsaber that was thought to be lost in Cloud City is found. It's reignited. This is a mystic lightsaber that has all kind of consequences. Whoever uses it also has grave consequences, but it changes the galaxy. Uh, so now the hunt for this mystic lightsaber that has been reignited has been found. I, I Boy, that makes it really magic. I mean, yeah, that, that's Excalibur. And it, while I don't, I don't suspect, or it would not surprise me if Hollywood said, "Oh, we can do Excalibur with lightsabers." Um, I, I would really hope for something more than that. I mean, that's because that goes so totally into the realm of magic that 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 really Star Wars never really had that feel. I mean, you know, lightsabers made the Force more psionic power, still sort of vaguely techy, as opposed to just being, you know, Merlin saying, hey, Arthur, you know, pull the sword out of the stone and you're going to be cool. Yeah, I mean, you could have a famous lightsaber and have a certain amount of renown for it, but it shouldn't be any different than anybody else's. By the way, on that subject, I still wince every time I see that part of the trailer where he's handing it with the blade pointing to the person. <laughs> Turn it 90 like, degrees yeah. like and handing somebody like a, a gun. Like. Yeah, see, yeah, exactly. Oops, sorry, yes. I hit the on switch. Uh, There's no ocean. Well, and on, on that, the, again, I, I, agree, I agree with Mike. The only thing I can think of is if somebody wanted it as a relic or some, some kind of yeah. a historical or, or an art. Like uh, I would do a some, – some bounty hunter has been given a commission. I'll pay you a gazillion – um, Fosdexes no, 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 in order no, no, no. to get think of it. Think of a secret society amongst the Jedi that revere Darth Vader and think he was absolutely right, and it's the order of you know the order of Vader um, and the glove of Darth Vader, the, the glove of Darth. Well, whichever. Don't go there. Don't go there. Okay, let's take two. It's the order. <laughs> you know, it's it's the order of Vader, and and they are, want this lightsaber as a symbol. I mean, it comes to to symbolize for them. It is their totem. For their philosophy, and so it's very important that they get this. It's like the, the forty-five used by Patton. Yeah, exactly. Nothing, and it's talismanic. Gazillion, yeah. gazillion yeah. credits if you'll bring this to us, <laughs> with or without Luke's hand still gripping it. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you already used to, wasn't Luke's hand the way you got your clone in uh, uh, Last yeah. Command? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. 
Yeah, I found that stupid lightsaber. Yeah. I know it's already been found. Yeah. No, but I, actually, that so that could be kind of a Raiders of the Lost Ark. You had to have several bounty hunters who are looking for this lightsaber, but of course the um, um, the the maintenance workers in Cloud City have already found it and they've they've put it on eBay or so. I mean, but, but Harrison to, Ford would have to play two parts, so yeah. we that can't would be kind of yeah, cool. Would, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Brian. So anyway, there we go, Brian. Okay, so uh, clearly it seems as though the cast of The Force Awakens is having the entire franchise passed over to them and all the legacy talent. The characters are there, Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie. Um, Which one, if you were writing it, would you kill and how would you do it? Han has wanted to die for at least 30 years, hasn't he? Well, okay, I've already killed Chewie, so you guys answer this. (laughs) You killed Chewie? Wait a second. I was there and signed up on the death certificate. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I've wanted to kill them all at one time or another. Well, I guess I'd want Han and I'd want him to go out in like this incredible blaze of glory. I, I want Luke to stay around and be like the Lorne Green character. The, 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 oh. No, 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 no. No, Luke, Luke has Adama. to die. Luke has to die. He's in the mines of Moria, and he says, you shall not pass. And, you know, and so all the hobbits or Ewoks or whatever get to go free while Luke dies. And they can later come back as Luke the White and 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 defeat the Order of Vader. I mean, that's it's pretty been bloody done obvious, already. It? It's been done already. Very original. <laughs> Not with English actor or American actors. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. So so pick a guy then. So you got one of our main characters. What is a big enough way for Luke Skywalker to die? Well, I guess I mean, you were joking, but that is no. That is the way Gandalf. Go, that is the way you have to sacrificial, do it. Self-sacrificial. Yeah. Um, and the same thing. Han would have to. Drive a drive a planet into a sun or well, something. Well, and the like important that. thing in the scenario that we were setting up, um, Luke as a leader of one of those. <laughs> Luke is a leader of one of those factions. Were he to die to prevent some sort of an evil, sort of in the in the climax of say the the, the first movie in the trilogy, which, which it would be, then that would leave that faction leaderless. There's more pressure to be put on by the obvious heirs to that leadership, whether it's a nephew of his or a child of his or something on that order. So, you know, when you look at these characters, what you have to look at is, are they just portrayed as legacy characters in the movie, or do they still have a functional part in what's running? I mean, is it just cameos of, hi, Mom, hi, Dad, we're off to college, or... or it's good or, to be home. Yeah, yeah, you know, or, the, or are they, you know, still motive characters? And then you look at who's got the biggest role, who's got that much power... Because when you've got that much power and you put pressure on it and and you destroy that individual, there's a lot of free power and everybody's going to be scrambling for that to try and make themselves better. And this is that's the whole thing, you know, politics behind behind what's going on in various factions. It's all about power. And so, you know, what power are you going to lose? And Luke would be a very powerful player to destroy him. That would greatly diminish that group, and then their rise to defeat the bad guys would, in fact, be far more heroic because of that. Let, let me throw in one other thought that I, I, I'm hoping for in the movies, not you know connected to anything we've we've said, but something Disney has always done well 
if you look at family relationships in the Star Wars movies, they're pretty much all dysfunctional. Uh, many of them were manipulated to be dysfunctional, but you don't have anything really good. I would like to see some good family relationships. Uh, my, my template for this is, again, The Incredibles. The kids fighting with parents, fighting with each other, but when push comes to shove, they could you know, come together, kick butt, take names, and all of that. And I think that's the sort of underlying thing Disney has always liked doing. And I think it would be great to see Luke, Han, Leia, their kids, their nephews and nieces, just lining up and you know, kicking the snot out of everybody else. Yeah. Well, but I got kind of a, a riff on your thing. What I got uh, kind of a, this cool scene in my head of you've got a planet where this vaccine is, or this, this virus has been unleashed so that you have, say, say a, a bunch of people have died. So you've got the city that's kind of a, a Armageddon city. 40% of the people have died. 30% are basically either crazy or unaffected, and the other 30% now suddenly have Jedi powers that they don't really know how to use or how to control. And I'm seeing this scene of Luke Skywalker standing there, and hundreds of these brand-new Force users are facing him, and he's standing there saying, you shall not pass. Yeah. That kind of gives me chills. I just see it's yeah. almost oh, like yeah. a Walking Dead amount of new, new Jedi coming or, in but but come, he's strong and he knows how to use it or come with me i will teach you i will help you and he and five of his students the ones who have come are facing the horde right yeah and now and they'll say no. sacrificing yeah. he's got to sacrifice for for these people sure all right, the next all right. One. um i had kind of an opening scene idea um there's a uh a ship it's it's somewhat familiar from uh, from the original movies, uh, like a medical modified medical frigate or something, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's cruising. You hear a calm chatter. Uh, they're talking about sending out the survey team. Uh, pans down to a very small planet, and then uh, you see the teams. They're going out. It's kind of a combined coast, mostly coastal, lots of islands and small things. Uh, you see the, the survey team, and then all of a sudden they're surrounded by people in stormtrooper armor, but they're not moving or um, Acting like stormtroopers, the survey team's captured, taken to a base. There's a and it's discovered that there's a crashed um, uh, star destroyer on this small planet. But it was, since it was so small, it was able to make a soft landing. And the uh, this is from the beginning of the rebellion era, so they've been cut off from most of this. And so there's they have a prototype of the Death Star uh, plans, and then instead of building it, they're trying to terraform the world into it. And there's like I was thinking like uh, walk uh, ATAT ATSD Walker Uglies and all this stuff. And they're trying to rebuild, but now they have this, these hostages and a ship in orbit to actually get out. And uh, you've thought about this, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're riffing a little bit on Wrath of Khan here. That's not necessarily mm-hmm. bad. That's the best of the Star Wars. And here's the, here's the other thing. It, and, and this is you know when we're looking at at, at doing stories, and it is not to be critical of what you're saying, but. You're going back to the, hey, we'll do the Death Star again. Okay. You know, I think one of the things that we try and do is to live in that universe but try and do things that Lucasfilm didn't do. Because as, as good writers as we are, we are never going to be able to describe the trench run in a novel and make it feel the way it felt when you watched it. We're never going to be able to describe that suspense and that feeling when the Millennium Falcon showed up or when the Death Star finally blew up because that's not how narrative fiction works. 
You know, movies are a graphic storytelling style, and and they grab you emotionally and they keep you keep you going. What we do it grabs you emotionally, but in a little bit more subtle way because it's going to be for much longer. You know, we'll have you for five hours or eight hours. We'll have you inside the characters' heads, whereas in the movies. You're not going to get inside the characters' heads. You're going to watch their emotions. You're going to guess what they're feeling, and then you're going to be along the ride with them. All right, so trying to come up with new cool stuff. I mean, the idea of a crash Star Destroyer and stormtroopers there who have set up a colony because they were lost, they don't know the war is over, that's very, very powerful. That's very cool. I mean, that goes right back to Japanese soldiers that never gave up on, on islands. That is really, really neat, and you can do a lot with that. And the new Death Star is not necessary. You know, that's a that's an entirely – you don't need that. We've got a cool story going right there. Well, and there's also this – is, this is an interesting part about the brainstorming coming up because there are also – you come up with ideas that you just throw out because they don't work. And and I'm my, my science mind is going on. I'm sure Tim's my science mind was doing the same thing with – Okay, a planet that's small enough that a Star Destroyer crashing would be a soft landing is like a tiny asteroid, which means it wouldn't have air, which means you would never set up a colony there because they couldn't survive. Or if you did, it would be a whole different animal. You wouldn't have a survey team walking around unless they all had spacesuits on. And the idea of a, a Death Star is an artificial construction. It's a big space station. You, you put girders and plates and stuff on it. You build it. The idea of... Terraforming a planet into a Death Star, if you can do that, you don't need a Death Star. That's a whole bunch of other things that you can be doing. So that that takes it off in a different direction. So um, that that wouldn't pass our brainstorming test on a lot of stuff, for me at least. However, if you start with that lost Japanese soldiers type thing, Okay, we've got a medical frigate. We can come up. We can take over the frigate. Okay, this thing is not much for what we need. We're warriors. We're going to go to the next bigger ship. We're going to use our frigate to get close in, get, and we're going to start upgrading. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to start upgrading, but we're going to, instead of trying but, to destroy the Enterprise, he's going to try to take it over and upgrade his ship. And meanwhile, but, you've got this cast in mind. Ma- maybe. These guys were going out. What what the ship was that crashed on this asteroid um, was a ship that was carrying the original virus. Because <laughs> because we're going to get this virus into the story because because, because the, the emperor was trying the empire get. was trying to clone Jedi warriors, and so uh. they were going to introduce this virus into the cloning process. And so these guys. Because they've been out of the loop for now probably 50 years, yeah. okay, have sort of set up their own little theology, their own little religion about what's going on. Some of them may have undergone rituals of being infected with this stuff themselves. They've made up their own little theology. This is what the Empire wants. So those who die because of the, uh, because of the virus, that's, you know, they were not worthy of living beyond this. Those who've got measly force powers, you know, they'll still be useful. But those who are the top tier, those who are the the graced class, who have the chosen class, who have this stuff, now are are being revered. They've built themselves up into their home, own little community. So these are the fanatics that we have spreading this stuff 
who see it as a mission to return the universe to its glory because when they come out and they start seeing what's really happened, it's like they, they can't believe they've lost, you know? And some of them will be thinking to themselves, the empire lost because we failed, failed. and yeah. we must redeem ourselves. And if we can do this, you know, and, and, you know, the only survivor of the old crew is the is the captain who is totally just, you know, totally into this whole thing. Uh, and he was fanatical. That's why the emperor trusted him yeah. uh, with this whole deal. So so now we have the vehicle and the people who've got the motivation to do what we're doing. And that's the background story to, you know, to Tim's opening scene. So, again, and as, as Kevin has said, when we sit around and collaborate and riff you know we just end up building on all of these and you'll notice you know they're adding science my degrees in history so i'm immediately going to the japanese yeah. soldiers you know and we we're all sort of dragging in all these little areas of of expertise that we have to actually make this stuff work and of course they're going to seek out the remnants of the empire because that's sure we're going to revive it which now means whether the Empire is really happy and friendly with the New Republic or not, they're going to be calling for help. Oh, yeah. You yeah. guys have Luke Skywalker. He defeated the Emperor before. We don't know what we're facing now, but it seems to be worse. Can we get some assistance here? Sure. And that drag drags our legacy characters back right into the action. Yep. Another interesting thing about it is that with this setup, we now have a, a – subset of experimental subjects that have been infected with the virus now for 50 years. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you can see that, oh, well, while, the, while you might get Jedi powers in the first week, 50 years later, insert horrible consequence here. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they, they're all sterile, or they're all, they start going blind, or so, something, there has to be something bad about this virus, other than the obvious bad about the virus, but you've got people who have had this for 50 years, maybe that they, they all are messianic, insane, something like that. It, sure. it, it works on their mind. So. This is fun. This is the easy part, the writing it yeah. down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, what's your so this is sort of a concept that I want to see what you guys do with because you guys are just it's really fun watching this guy. <laughs> so, oh. So uh, this concept sort of comes from two different things. Um, Unfortunately, they're both from the prequels. I don't know how everyone here feels about them. But, um, we've watched them. Yeah, we've, we've watched them. So we the live. Sith, we sort of have learned, kind of have a history of not exactly being twirl your mustache kind of evil as much as they are impatient and impulsive. Uh, it's kind of how they get to Anakin. It's sort of what they preach where it's like emotions, you know, see, you know use your hatred, things like that. Pair that with... Um, the fact that the Empire was something that was forced onto the political system of that galaxy. You know, Emperor just comes in, kills yeah. everybody. Um, 30 years from now, what if the Empire and the Sith have become an actual political ideology? Something that the people are capable of choosing and that they've appropriated so much of those philosophies that they feel like this is an actual party that should be represented, and that's where the conflict is starting to come from. Well, the Sith were a f a, an actual people in faction in the Old Republic days, weren't they? Yeah, yeah the there Sith was actually a, a, a race of this, but that was 4,000 years ago, and they got mostly wiped out, and there were... Yeah. Uh, that history's kind of gone this way and that way. And 
I don't know if you can only have a, a, a master and a, an apprentice. It's not a very big political party. Um, <laughs> but 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 the idea of a, of an ultra conservative political party. You look at uh, I think it's UKIP in in the UK. You know, very conservative. Uh, you know, hates foreigners, all those sort of things, which are which are many of the attitudes that were present in the empire. And if things are not going brilliantly, you know, there's economic stresses. Uh, you know, I mean, literally, you know, take take alien migration and look at you know illegal aliens here in the United States and how that's dealt with. You know, it's a very easy tension situation to map over. So having an ultra conservative political party. Which may, when you look at ultra-conservative political parties, say, in South America back in the 80s, the idea of having death squads, of having murder, of having uh, people doing nefarious things and manipulating stuff to get their own way, that certainly works. And that idea of that sort of party would make for a, a great villain or source of villains in, in what we're yeah. doing. Well, that's no, what I, your lost ship would, would gravitate toward them to help oh, rebuild the absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Though I just... I would probably prefer to avoid Sith. I like the Jedi split better because we've done Sith already. Yeah. Or Sith of it. <laughs> so I have a, <clears throat> excuse me, I have an idea of kind of like an opening for the movie. Basically, we, we see like a town kind of very uh, few do- fistful of dollars, few dollars more kind of deal, western-ish mm-hmm. town. And then we see that they're going at that they're two factions kind of going at it, and into the mix we see a rogue man, obviously a Jedi, but then they put they walk in, kind of come into town, and he pulls off his hood, and it's Luke. And then we kind of pan upwards though, and <coughs> see that this is representative of a wider conflict going on on a galactic level that would help bring in a, that would bring in other characters and kind of perhaps a Cold War threatening to go hot between... You, you do have to explain are. why, if there's a general conflict, yeah. Luke is down here mediating yeah. you know, a podunk, right. you know, Iowa type of thing. If you can come up with the explanation, yeah. like he's exiled himself, yeah. or re, re, that, then it works. Right. It would be something like that. You or know, the, or he sees that situation as the crux and representative yeah. of the larger problem. Yeah. Then there's nothing wrong with having a story that starts out in a way that the reader says, this doesn't make any sense at all, and then as you enlarge it and explain it, oh, it made perfect sense. I think the other thing which is really important here, if you'll notice, when, when you look at, at the original Star Wars movies, there really were two factions. There was the Rebellion and there was the New Republic. And what we've already done in, in moving beyond that in the, in the post-imperial era is we've now defined multiple factions. So we've made this whole situation much more com- politically complex, which means that as looking at it as a property, not just what would happen in the next movie, but as a property to, to support comic books, to support games, to support novels, to support toys, all of a sudden it is multifactional. Everybody can choose the people that they like. We get to play with these ideas. We get to see the characters under various pressures. So we've already made the whole thing more complex and given it a lot more depth than just what you get in a, in a movie. And oddly enough, in the novels that we were doing, that, especially in the first ones before the prequels came out, that's exactly what we were doing. We were taking this, this pretty easy-to-understand universe, and we were layering other stuff underneath yeah. it as we created new characters and brought new conflicts in so that we got to tell really cool stories with that backdrop. 
and yet they're, they're stories that you're not going to see on a movie screen uh, because they don't work well on a movie screen, but they work really well in the novel format or graphic novel format. Okay, uh, hi. Um, hi. One, please try and continue the Expanded Universe. Yeah, please. the mic, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Please try and continue the expanded universe because that would really make we're my life donations. so much better. We're taking donations Not to buy it. Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're gonna do we're gonna do a Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, if we'll, we can get we'll, to five billion, we can probably be buy Lucasfilm back from them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do a Kickstarter. Um, the st- stretch goals are novels by each of us. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay, so I have an opening, and uh, it's kind of in kind of like the opening, I'm sorry to say this is kind of unoriginal, but kind of like the opening to the original movie, except rather than the blockade runner in the Star Destroyer, you have a desert planet, you don't see anything, and then running into the, the shot is the, it's like a scavenger, and he's kind of just bolting it, tripping over himself in the sand, and he represents the blockade runner. And then once he passes like into the distance, you see a giant sandstorm, which represents the Star Destroyer. And he kind of like gets jumbled and covered in the sand, and then he breaks out, and he looks up, and he sees that the sandstorm kind of blew away this uh, mound that was once like this giant structure. And we see that it's the remnants of the Jedi Temple on Coruscant and the remains of Imperial City. So so here's the really interesting, especially with the final reveal, but here's the thing you ask yourself. When you look at A New Hope, and you have a blockade runner, you have the, the planet, um, and you see the Imperial Star Destroyer. What does that immediately tell you? Something's going on. Well, no, it immediately tells you this is a science fiction movie. Oh, yeah. Okay? Whereas having a dinosaur-like scavenger running from a sandstorm doesn't tell us it's a science fiction movie. It doesn't say Star Wars. And we have to remember that this new thing, for this opening scene, we need some semblance of that. So you could do exactly what you're talking about, by having a kid on a speeder bike, okay, racing across the desert. looks like he's having fun. There's terror on his face. He looks back. There is this vicious sandstorm. We don't know what's causing it, but there is. He gets knocked, ass over tea kettle, you know, tumbled. He comes out of it, though, and the sandstorm has revealed what you want. Now we know it's Star Wars, and now we know there's something strange afoot. But now we also have to remember it's only been 30 years. You're not going to destroy Coruscant and make it into a sand. You know, sand, unless you invoke some creatures from Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can still you just. But it, this but virus has gone. Well. <laughs> but the, <laughs> but I want to. I want to add to that. So it's not a sandstorm. It's like this really nasty storm with like purple bolts of lightning, and so it looks almost like a force it's storm. It's a force storm. So, exactly. So yeah. that's coming through. So then that could explain why. And, it and, was and then it, out or it, it doesn't have to be. I mean, literally, it doesn't have to be the remains of the Jedi Temple. I mean. When that that force light storm from all these you know all these wild uh, force users um, you know has has struck, you come down and there is a starship that they brought down. This lightning is playing over that starship, and and it's something very bad is going on. That would be again, it would tell us it's Star Wars. It would tell us I there's some cool. serious stuff going on. You just totally took my concept and just. That's that's yeah. that's what we do for a living. You guys yes. are awesome. <laughs> though, I, though I have to I have to admit when he talked about seeing the remnants of the temple, my first thought went to take your stinking paws off me, you damn <laughs> filthy Ewok. <laughs> 
So it's the Statue of Liberty with the lightsaber. And yeah. <laughs> there That's we go. The That's the guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So returning somewhat, returning somewhat to the idea of the Skywalker lightsaber, we wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do the magic thing, but we've had the idea going all the way back to the Thrawn trilogy that if places and things strongly associated with the dark side become tainted, and that lightsaber is arguably the single darkest object in the entire galaxy. It's the blade that killed the Jedi Order. Every bit of everything that Anakin was going through at the end of the Clone Wars got funneled into that thing. And then Luke used it. What would And so now he used it briefly, mm-hmm. too briefly to see changes immediately. But now 30 years later, he re- underst- now understands what that is. He's gone into exile because he's doubting himself. He thinks he might be turning. He doesn't know what's going on. He's worried, and he's got to send other people, probably non-Force sensitives, to try to track down the lightsaber, figure out who else might have possessed it, what it might have done to them. And movie goes from there. So that's the reveal where you find out that Luke is actually the guy that invested the 30 million quatloos to pay the bounty hunters to go find it, and he's paid all of them well, he's offered this bounty to find the lightsaber, so there's your surprise that it's actually Luke Skywalker that hired them. And then you have a Raiders of the Lost Ark, everybody's trying to find the lightsaber. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Oh, <laughs> You guys, you, you don't get to pick on me anymore. <laughs> First, I just want to thank you for all the thousands, hundreds of books you wrote, and I appreciate it. And I've spent many years, hours, months uh, reading them, so thank you very much. You're uh, not to, don't have my own idea, but you said if you could kill one of the big three, it would be Han. If you do that, is he, does, when he given his uh, blaze of glory, is he in the Falcon when he does it? Sure. So iconic. <laughs> <laughs> Would you kill the Falcon well, along with Han? How many times oh, did he wreck the Enterprise? We can do this. Not a scratch. <laughs> yeah. See, that's 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 the Enterprise kind of messed that up. It's the oh no, we destroyed the Enterprise. Cry, 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 and we re- rebuilt it. So that's the thing. With it won't be the same thing, but people will get used to it. Um, yeah, he's Han's got to fly the. Falcon off in some huge blaze of glory, and he's delivering the. He, he crashes the Falcon, which disperses the vaccine that that uh, <laughs> something like that. So, I'm glad you like this vaccine, yeah. this uh, <laughs> virus, so much. Well, but that that but is. But I don't want either of you doing public health stuff because crashing <laughs> a ship to spread a vaccine not gonna work. Well, no, he's he's like dumping it into aerosolized things in the clouds, so it all yeah, it still won't and, work. And, but that's okay. And, um, <laughs> Uh, I just had a simple question. I was wondering who would y'all pick to run the New Republic? Mon Mothma's going to be a little bit old by this time. Uh, but that doesn't look at the remnant. presidential candidates right now. It doesn't matter how old they are. <laughs> Donald Trump running the New Republic. <laughs> Holy <laughs> mackerel. It'll be great. <laughs> It'll be great. The greatest. Yeah. <laughs> that explains his hair. He has to be a force user. Yes, he's got that. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it's thirty years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we, I mean, Leia's We've been done, done all of that. Yeah. yeah. I would, I would actually create a totally new character. It's been thirty years, so, yeah, I, I don't know who. Thirty years from the end of Return of the Jedi. It could be Wedge Antilles. War hero gets elected. Yeah. <laughs> We've got all sorts of possibilities if they go with some of what we've done 
you know, in the background of Leia and you know having some political power, we could have Luke being the the hermit type, but Leia having been disgraced on some level, or at least in some popular opinion, and so she was in you know holding political office, but she is now kind of less popular or something. I mean, you could start pretty much. I, I, this is sounding like Incredibles again, isn't it? Oh well, I love that movie. Uh, but I mean, you can have all sorts of. You've got thirty years of ba- baggage you can throw into all of these characters that they have to throw off. Or you know, we've got we've had character arcs for all of them. Now we get to start with a new set of where they are now, thirty years later, and do different character arcs. That's part of the fun part of doing sequels. Would Thrawn run the Remnant? If I was in charge, he would. (laughs) I'm not. See Kickstarter earlier. (laughs) Okay. um, You guys were incredibly good sports. Thank you so much. Can I point out? Can I point out something that you all you all just sat here and all got a brand new original, never before heard by anybody ever before, Mesta Zahn Anderson Stackpole Star Wars story. Yes, <laughs> beautifully done. We'll never see it. That's true. So, who's running the Kickstarter? <laughs> <laughs>